This is Richard Cloutier Reports on 680 CJOB. Statistics Canada says the number of crimes reported to police went up last year for the first time in 12 years. The Crime Severity Index, which measures the volume of reports and how serious they are, rose 5% in 2015. Winnipeg is still the violent crime capital of Canada. Our Violent Crime Severity Index measures both the volume and severity of crimes increased by 5% from 2014 to 2015. The highest robbery rate among all cities, Winnipeg. As a province, Alberta saw a significant increase in the rate of robberies, 23%. Overall for Manitoba, the crime severity increased 8% largely due to break-and-enters, mischiefs, fraud. The Violent Crime Severity Index up 6%. Robberies, kidnapping, assault with a weapon. Nonviolent crime severity increased 9%. Spike in break-and-enters. The Youth Crime Severity Index increased 1% in Manitoba. In many other provinces, it decreased. Now, since 2005... Our crime severity index is down significantly by 47%. Regina recorded the highest homicide rate, followed by Saskatoon and Edmonton. Alberta seeing a very significant increase in crime. One wonders if that's related to the economy there. Rick Linden joins us. He's a criminologist at the University of Manitoba. And uh, he... Rick, am I right in saying that you helped draft the crime severity index uh, as far as how it measures crime in this country? Yeah, I was part of a a Statistics Canada committee that developed that index uh, about uh, 10 years ago. So the numbers that are out this morning, and of course the headline once again will be Winnipeg, not the murder capital of Canada, but the violent crime capital of Canada. What do you make of that? Uh, I think that's uh, obviously it's it's uh, correct, uh, but it's focusing on the bad news. I think the uh, one thing that might surprise Winnipeggers is that in terms of crime rate, the old traditional measure were 11th in Canada, and we've come down in that almost uh, twice the national average over the last decade. And in the crime severity index, which which factors in the violent crimes, we're we're sixth in Canada. So. Uh, it's it's not the most pleasant of pictures, but I don't think it's as bad as a lot of Winnipeggers think it is. Uh, we're one of the few cities where you can buy a T-shirt online saying, you know, Winnipeg, grand capital of Canada, uh, even though that's, uh, that, that's erroneous. Well, we're at that top of the list, though. And I guess, you know, statisticians, criminologists, you can, you know, spin it the way you want. But I personally feel that Winnipeg is a safer place than it was 10 and maybe 20 years ago, uh, yet there are pockets of areas of the city where you do sometimes uh, fear for your safety. But that happens in any North American city. Uh, The way we've tried to tackle this over the last few years and under the leadership of the former police chief, Devon Clunas, was getting into the community, uh, trying to prevent crime. Do we see in the report that's out today from Statistics Canada evidence that that approach has worked? Uh, in in the longer term, it has. Uh, this year, again, uh, you know, as you mentioned earlier, across Canada, crime rates have gone up, and uh, 
Uh, the particularly dramatic one was that homicide rates were up 15% in Canada uh, from 2014 to 2015. So if we focus on, on this year's report, the news isn't great. But if we look over the decade, we see uh, you know 50% reduction in Winnipeg's crime rate, 30% nationally. And so some of the new things that, uh, that the police have been doing in Winnipeg and other cities have, have been effective. Uh, and uh, uh, another factor involved is, of course, the, the fact that the population is getting older. So we have fewer people in the, in the key crime-producing years. And I think uh, 10 years ago, we would have been talking a lot about auto theft. That's yeah. not top of the list anymore. How we succeeded in auto theft was immobilizers, et cetera, people taking charge of their property. Yet I see break and enters and some of those other property crimes going up, not just here, but other parts of the country. Do we need a, a harder approach when it comes to those types of property crimes I know almost every people, a lot of people that have alarm systems in their homes, but are we doing enough to make our lives a lot safer uh, or easier for the for the criminals? I think the, the auto theft is, is kind of a unique uh, case because it had uh, an almost foolproof technology that could be introduced to help it. Uh, so I wouldn't I wouldn't blame people. People are increasingly turning to alarm systems and looking after their property better. And again, that's uh, shown in the in the uh, uh, very significant long-term declines in the rates of break and enter. I think in in Winnipeg, uh, in in this year, uh, 2016, uh, the uh, one of the main increases in crime in Winnipeg has been break and enter other. So it means not commercial, not households, and so on. So people are just breaking into sheds and things like that. So I'm not sure there's much more the public can do in that regard. Talking about the Statistics Canada report on uh, crime overall in this country and the Crime Severity Index, Rick Linden teaches at the University of Manitoba in the Criminology Department. And as you sift through this report, and you said the news is in many cases a lot better. Yes, I understand that. But you look at Alberta, and one wonders whether or not the decline in the economy there is at all linked to the increase in their crime rates. Yeah, I think it, it may not be so much the decline in the economy, it, but the uh, the rapid transition in their economy is, is disruptive. Uh, it, we also see crime rates going up sometimes when the economy picks up dramatically, as it did in Alberta. So uh, I, I think that uh, probably the, the uh, impact of the uh, decline in oil prices and the decline in the oil industry has probably contributed to that uh, because much of the increase uh, in Canada in the Crime Severity Index was due to uh, Edmonton and Calgary specifically. You're hopeful, I know, about crime prevention initiatives here bearing fruit uh, in the long term. And I don't want to say that crime is linked to poverty because I sometimes think that that's just so easy to say and I think it's an insult to those people that are struggling and will not turn to a life of crime. But sometimes uh, when you look at some of the hot spots, it is related to impoverished neighborhoods, not just in Winnipeg, but across North America. Is there that link? Is there that kind of um, symbiosis between the two? Absolutely. Uh, Statistics Canada actually took Winnipeg as a, as a special case along with a couple of other cities and looked at the areas, they, they correlated their, their census information with crime statistics. And there was a, a very, very strong correlations between indicators such as family income, education rates, employment rates, and things like that, and crime rates. And so ultimately, 
and this has been the message that uh, Chief Clunas communicated for uh, the, uh, the the entire time he was the police chief, is that we've got to develop communities and have got to, to make communities stronger, uh, make sure people get jobs, make sure kids get educated, and that's going to be the long-term solution to crime. In the short term, things like the uh, the Winnipeg Police Service's Smart Policing Initiative uh, may may be able to have an impact. Uh, if we look again at t- 2016, uh, according to CrimeStat, uh, which is the online recording of, of uh, crimes in Winnipeg, uh, the East District, which is where the, the Smart Policing Initiative has been uh, piloted, has uh, significant significantly greater reductions in crime than the rest of the city. During the last 10 years, we saw initiatives on the law and order side from the former Harper government. Does this report at all pass judgment on the tough-on-crime approach? Uh, I, I think that the one-year blip is too short to uh, to, to come up with a, a conclusion like that. Uh, if anything, it, it set back the development of, of other kinds of crime reduction initiatives but because the federal government kind of got out of that area, I think that uh, individual police services and individual communities have gone ahead with some of the, the more positive kinds of measures anyway. Uh, you know, the example of the, the uh, community initiative in Prince Albert and Saskatchewan was an example of that. They, they just didn't bother with what the federal government were doing at all and just went ahead and did it on their own. Great to have you with us. Uh, Rick Linden is here from the University of Manitoba and uh, from the Winnipeg Boys and Girls Clubs, Ron Brown. Ron, you've looked at some of the highlights of this report. You folks are in the business of keeping kids occupied, and uh, you're in most neighborhoods, some of the more vulnerable traditional neighborhoods. What's your take on what you've heard and seen so far today? Well, the one I looked at first was the youth crime statistic in in Winnipeg, up 1%. And, you know, when I looked at that, I thought, you know, that's probably quite accurate. Uh, we're not seeing a big spike, and it's sort of as it's been. And so that one was kind of reassuring to me. Obviously, we'd love to see a decrease in that number. Rick Linden, I've also downloaded the City of Winnipeg Police's uh, annual report that's being presented today. It's online already. And uh, overall, they're looking at uh, an increase of 6% between 2014 and 2015 in violent crimes. Um, and they've Put it through districts. So the Portage Avenue districts, interestingly enough, uh, violent crime down 8%. Downtown Winnipeg up 6%. And and again, we're talking uh, just over 1,000 incidents, uh, 1,013 to 1,074 violent incidents downtown. Uh, Portage Avenue districts up from 360 uh, to 362 from 332. And I know a lot of numbers here, folks. Uh, the central district up uh, 12% in its uh, violent crime. Uh, the west up 10%. The north up 1%. Uh, and the east up 1%. So kind of the areas that we expect uh, are up. And, you know, once again, it'll fuel the, uh, the, the debate about downtown safety. But it's interesting, Ron Brown, and I'll get your take and then Rick Linden's take on this. Their news conference is not at police headquarters. It's out at a community center. That, that's not lost on me. <clears throat> that probably would have been 10 years ago in the police service building. But it, it just shows you the link, and I, I credit Chief Clunas for doing that, is the link to the community. That That's the kind of announcement that should be made in a community center. 
and Rick, pick up on that because that's part of the influence of getting into the community and trying to prevent crime in those neighborhoods where it where it starts. Yeah, I think the whole emphasis for the way ahead, and I know Ron knows this because he's involved in some of them, is uh, is partnerships. Uh, the Winnipeg Police Service have have developed more relationships with other groups, uh, you know, from health to and other emergency services to to groups like Ron's because they see that is, is really the future of, of uh, making sure we get significant crime reductions in Winnipeg. What should the expectation here be? If everybody's talking to each other and working with each other, and yes, we have a uh, high rate of uh, Indigenous population, we've got high rates of refugees here, we've got some uh, poverty issues here that continue to persist, with everybody working together on the crime prevention initiatives, Rickland, what should the expectation be here? Or is it beyond the control of many of the people that are fighting the battle right now? Like, are, are, are they just, you know, I, I'm thinking of the phrase, you know, against the win here. A, a lot of great attitudes, a lot of people working together, but ultimately, are they going to change things? I think they they certainly can if they persevere. And uh, one of the things with the partnerships is that it takes uh, a, a significant amount of time to actually get the partnerships formed and then to actually get the groups doing something on the ground, get some programs in place. And I think that uh, there really is a critical mass developing. And I'd be really disappointed if uh, if Winnipeg didn't continue to to fall in terms of its place nationally in crime rates because of all the things that are going on here. It's uh, it's really exciting, and when I talk to colleagues in other cities, uh, there isn't the same uh, critical mass developing that we have here. Yeah, I I, I agree with Rick. I, I I think of when I started back in 2010, who I talked to then about these issues in the community, and who we talk to now. Police service would be one of those examples. We wouldn't have talked to the police service at that time, and now we do. And we talk to health, and you know, we we talk to and. I, like Rick says, it takes a while for these to happen, but I shudder to think that if some of the initiatives that are in place now weren't there, what would these stats look like today? A job is a good crime deterrent, is it not, Rick? It certainly is. And uh, <clears throat> programs like, I think, uh, SEED and some others that are focusing on on uh, uh, improving job rates for people in the inner city. Uh, there was a report out last fall from the uh, Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives that looked at some of the positive things that were going on in Winnipeg and, and at how some of the some of the measures were actually starting to turn around. So again, that that gives us hope for the future. And, uh, and I think uh, this thing should pay off in making a safer city. And for those of us, and sometimes I color me cynical at times, because, you know, I, I, I think part of the job of the head of the Boys and Girls Clubs of Winnipeg is to not necessarily put lipstick on the pig, Ron Brown, but certainly you don't want to come in here and be negative, negative, negative. Rick Linden, you've got a stake in this because, you know, you're hoping through some of your initiatives that this is all going to work. But there are some people listening to this and going, you know what, that's idealism. That's not realism. And and talk to that component that listens to us and says, you know what, yeah, okay, we've made some strides, but Winnipeg ain't going to change. It's going to be the same problems here in certain neighborhoods. You guys are just, you know, talking the talk, but we don't see enough evidence of people walking the walk. Talk to us about that, Rick Linden. Address a lot of people's cynicism right now. 
Well, there's there's lots of evidence, and uh, you know, just looking at where we've come in terms of our our place in the in the national crime rate, uh, where where Winnipeg has dropped in the last decade about almost double the national average, suggests that it it isn't business as usual, and uh, you know, just one of the things that that I found really interesting is. Uh, a few weeks ago, they had a retirement for Deputy Chief Dave Thorne, who's been responsible for many of the partnership activities uh, down at the uh, at the police station. And the crowd in that room represented such an incredibly diverse number of agencies. I know Ron, Ron was there, among others, uh, that uh, it was mind-boggling. And uh, I mentioned to some of the previous chiefs that that, that certainly wouldn't have happened uh, in, in days gone by. It, it really has been transformative. Yeah, I, I was just thinking, I don't think I could go to work in the morning if I didn't think we were making headway. <clears throat> Is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. If it was, an organization like ours wouldn't wouldn't need to, to operate. Um, but are we making headway? Oh, yeah, clearly. In, in, in my five years, I've seen major progress. And, and again, we, we've got a long way to go. The pressure then, Rick Linden, is on those selecting the next police chief not to uh, deter the momentum that's going on in this city, is it? Absolutely. That's going to be one of the most important decisions made in the city in a long, long time. And uh, I, I hope they're able to come up with somebody who's going to continue with the kinds of initiatives that the uh, that the Winnipeg Police Service has put in place in the last four or five years. Yeah, I agree with Rick. We cannot go backwards on this. It has to be a continuation and a, moved, uh, a move forward. Gentlemen, I thank you both. For joining us this morning, um, I know you folks at Boys and Girls Clubs are doing um, a lot of great work in many neighborhoods. Rick Linden, uh, is there any part of this report that you go that uh, that you've looked at and said, you know what, Cluche and the 680 CJOB audience needs to know about this? No, just well, actually one thing that's interesting that isn't in the report is that uh, if we look at things like credit card fraud, uh, debit card fraud, uh, the vast majority of those things aren't reported in uh, reported to police, so they don't show up in this report. So, you know, one of the things that people might think about is there's actually hundreds of thousands of those kinds of financial crimes that are going on that uh, that are invisible to us now. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if Statistics Canada ever finds a way of of bringing those things uh, things forward uh, to to give us a better picture of of the changing realities of crime in Canada. Gentlemen, I thank you both for joining us. Richard Cloutier reports on 680 CJOB.